Welcome to the Lost Joystick Network, episode two. <laughs> the, uh, my name is Jerry, and I'm here with... Michael Pitts. <laughs> Hi, Michael Pitts. So last episode, we covered The Legend of Zelda. Uh, this week, we're going to cover something slightly uh, less impactful on gaming history. What are we doing this week? Gradius. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the greatest game of all time, Gradius for the NES. That is correct. Gradius for the NES. That's all I got. I got nothing. I'm freezing up. <laughs> well, I froze up, guys. Well, I don't. Well, we, we do I have... wanted Jerry to do the intro because I was gonna freeze up, and then I did it. Yeah, he blew it. Um, God. Damn it. So, uh, Gradius, uh, just to give you kind of the basics. Amateur is, uh, hour around here. <laughs> it's a, it's a side-scrolling shoot 'em up um, Hold on. No, no, no. Slow down. By Konami. <laughs> slow down, slow down, slow down. How was your week? Or weeks? My week? Uh, my, week uh, my week was good. Yeah. Uh, there were two of them, but how were your weeks? Good, good. Uh, here at the store, we are gearing up for our first uh, installment of Record Store Day, which is to take place this Saturday, August 29th. So, we're just kind of getting ready for that. Um, hanging out with, uh, you know, the wife and did a couple of uh, record and uh, VHS buying trips. So, uh, you know. We did. Yeah. We had yeah. a fun day yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We had a good day. Hit the uh, hit the Cincinnati and Dayton area shops, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah, you, you procured a number of <laughs> magnetized tapes that allow you to view <laughs> images moving on a television that, that's correct yes i collect a number of things which uh, irritate my uh, friends and family one of which being vhs tapes and i was able to pull down some uh, some good stuff a copy of super brawl 2 which is my favorite pay-per-view of all time because it features my favorite match of all time he was uh, very excited. I was very excited. I found it at a good price. Visibly good. Yeah. excited. Yeah. Uh, Mike was kind enough to hand off a clamshell uh, Evil Dead 2, which I was excited to get. I replaced my, my standard copy. Which you so graciously gave to me. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Because as much like you, I collect many things that, as you put it, irritate your friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very apt way to describe my entire life. Mike, why don't you uh, t tell the listeners here what your find of the day was? Which one? No, I, th I think you know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's you know, there was there were a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. There were got a lot of good things. I got Black Cobra on VHS, uh -huh. the Fred Williamson movie, uh -huh. which is fantastic. He defeats Snake. Yep. Uh, spoiler alert. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> and I picked up a copy of Silent Hill Origins yep. on PS2. It was the only Silent Hill game for... PS1, PS2 that I did not have. Right. So that was cool. It was mm -hmm. really neat. I purchased a long box copy of Nova Storm for PS1, which was a duplicate. I already out. had. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But none of those were the find of the day. Not The close. find of the day was a Warner Home Video clamshell copy of National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm. But that's not all that was wonderful about it. Yeah. Here, hold on. Hold on. Jerry, I want you to read the front of this cover for me. I don't have to read it. I know what it says. But I want—I still want you to read from the thing. It says, "Do as I say." It says Warner Home Video. <laughs> Not that part, though. It says part. to Chris, "All the best." Signed, Sir Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> Number one, I don't think he's a sir. He's knighted. 
Is he? No. <laughs> but but it was an autographed copy of National Lampoon's uh, it, by Anthony Michael Hall. And the most amazing part is, I, as the nerd I am, yeah, I got online and validated that this is indeed Anthony Michael Hall's signature. Yeah. Not that somebody would go bootleg this for any yeah. particular reason. Then donate it, apparently. Now, now, let me ask you an important question, Mike. Did that cost you thousands of dollars? <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to have you now read from the front, and you tell me what that price tag says. Dollar sign zero... <laughs> Point nine nine. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Ninety nine cents. Yeah. Which, in all actuality, is probably its market value. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I don't kidding. think it is. I'm kidding. I will tell you this. Uh, I was at a convention that Anthony Michael Hall was at early this year, or maybe last year. I don't know, but I'm the worst. So I, uh, I believe getting something autographed by him was like around thirty bucks. Yeah, I believe that. So the tape itself is probably. At least worth a couple. It, it's worth more than one. Yes, I I would have purchased that for a dollar if it was not signed by Anthony Michael Just Hall. Just for the case. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice clamshell case. It was a good purchase. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. Yes, I was yeah. very excited. Yeah. So yes, yes, and we'll talk some more about uh, some of my other purchases later when we get into yeah. the collecting aspect of the show because, as you know, I am working on a complete. And you, there are so many qualifiers when you talk about complete, mm-hmm. but I'm ta- I am working on a quote unquote complete. NTSC United States US or NTSCU or whatever they call it mm-hmm. licensed Nintendo loose cartridge set. Yep. And I am now less than 25 away from completing it. Yes. And I got some big boys out there still, but we're, mm-hmm. we'll we'll figure those out, but but I did uh I did pick up a couple to deduct and potentially a few more. I might have a few more in yeah, a couple days. Yeah, I have a few more on the way. So we'll see, but yeah, let's let's get into the topic. The topic at hand is Gradius for the NES. Now, we will probably deviate and talk a little bit about Gradius in general because it has its roots in arcade stand-ups, but uh, we really kind of want to focus on the NES version. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit about the development and the release, gameplay. Um, We'll talk a little about the manual. One of the things I wanted to do about The Legend of Zelda, but that show was so long that we really didn't get into it. Uh, music and sound effects, the reception, our own personal experience and legacy, and then things like collecting, you know, how, how to get your hands on it, how to play it, speed running it, and any miscellaneous information. Um, we do have an interview from schmupulations.com with the developer, which I'll probably pull some notes from as well, but um, I will start by saying this. I don't care for the word schmup. I don't. I had never heard it until today when you said it to me, and I really don't like it. It's not a good word. Yeah. And I understand that it very easily conveys what we're getting at, but I prefer STG, which is the Japanese abbreviation for the word shooter. Actually, I just would rather call it a side-scrolling shooter or a horizontal shooter or whatever you want to call it. A sexually transmitted game. STG. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) <laughs> it feels that way a little bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah. But okay. So yes, the game was a, it's a Konami game. So if you've heard of them, they're a pachinko company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they used to make uh, metal toys. Yeah. And then, and then they decided they were going to make virtual toys. Well, I mean like electronic toys. Right. And M- then they decided... Much like that, uh, Nintendo yeah. itself, right? Well, they were a card game company, but kind of, yeah. 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 Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, that's, yes. Well, they made... They made <laughs> Who might have uh, second guess you? Yeah. They made, uh, you know... Pong. Physical toys, and then they made virtual toys. Kind of what I was getting at. Correct! Yes. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yes, Konami was the developer. 
or the publisher or both. I don't know. Whatever they they did a lot of their own of everything. <laughs> But everybody kind of knows Konami. You know, they did a. They've famous for a number of things. Yeah. They were um, the, the Contras, the Castlevania, Silent Hill, all that stuff. Huge developer, especially yeah. uh, early Used Nintendo to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they make pachinko machines and troll their fan base. Is basically <laughs> what they do. Cool. And then they do something cool, like put out the Turbo Graphics 16 Mini, and you're like, oh my god, Konami! But then you find out it was actually like the. M1 team or whatever. I forget what it is. Whatever. Okay. And that's not here or there. I'm getting down a rabbit hole. Um, they suck nowadays. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, the developer himself was uh, Machiguchi Hiros- Hiroyasu. Yeah. Yes. And what I read, I, like I said, we mentioned the, the shmupulations.com. Mm. I know. it's that's. I mean, look, if you like the word shmup, shmupulations is a good mashup. But sure. I'm, I'm not a fan. One of the things that uh, Mr. Machiguchi, not Mr. Machiguchi, Machiguchi, or Mr. Hiroyasu, yep, mentioned is that he was not a de- he was originally brought in as a designer, and he was like, well, they realized I wasn't very good at that, <laughs> so they made me a programmer instead, which I had also never done. <laughs> Been there, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, you're a really great cook. Can you farm? <laughs> it's that is that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um. So. They went into, you know, they had to come up with a concept of an idea. They gave them a team and they said, we want you to create a game. And they decided that they were going to make an STG. Okay. Which is the Japanese abbreviation for shooter. They wanted to do a shooter game. They're very excited. They, um, sure. What I actually read was that at that point, this was like 1984, 85, shooters themselves as video games had had a resurgence because of Namco Xevious. Yep. And they really wanted to try and make a game that was better than Xevious. Have you ever played Xevious, Jerry? Oh, many times, yeah. That's and something your, we owned when what, I was a kid. Would you think when you played it, man, I'd really like to play a better version of this? No. <laughs> Not really? at all. Although, you know, the thing is with, with any of these early uh, shooters, I was not really... This was never my favorite genre. It was not mine when I was younger either, and I yeah. found myself... I was I was much more interested in role playing games and platformers and the Mega Man's and Zelda's and adventures and stuff like that. It was basically dead last for me. I, I would play a sports game before this. I would play an RPG before this. I would play uh, puzzle game. Puzzle game. Like well, if it was a good puzzle game. Like what about Tetris. a dating simulator? Um, no. What about a Japanese dating simulator? No. They usually have hot anime girls on the front. That's cool, but no. Thank you. Oops. And now I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Would you rather play a shooter or a Japanese dating simulator? Uh, I didn't have any Japanese dating <laughs> simulators. I do know that dating simulators are a big thing now. Would um, you have played it before you played a side-scrolling shooter like Gradius? No, I would have preferred the side-scrolling shooter. <laughs> okay, um, so it wasn't dead last. Well, of things that existed <laughs> that I actually knew about, I believe it was dead last. Obviously, uh, this is deeply influenced by the Star Wars franchise. Oh, yeah. Know. Just bring us back. Thank you. Well, I'm just, you I'm know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Trying, trying to be business. I wanted to talk about Xevious. <laughs> I'm not done talking about Xevious. Please go on. <laughs> I hated Xevious. It's not good. I have a good reason, though. Yeah? Besides the fact that it wasn't very good. Are you a Xevious-aphobe? I'm a Xevious. <laughs> good. I'm not. Yeah. No, uh, we had an Atari 7800. Oh, yeah. And Xevious yeah. was one of the games I had. Yeah. And it was another one of those games, like I mentioned in the last episode, where I was like, I have to convince myself that I like this because it's what I have to do. I honestly feel like almost every game I played for Atari was a disappointment. Yeah. 
and well, I don't want to. I really don't want to talk about Atari game. I'm just saying, like, yeah. When I see Zevius, I immediately think that's the association. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so obviously the game was super influenced by them, right? And uh, you know, mm-hmm. Zevius being popular, and they wanted to make their like I said, their goal was to make something better than that. Sure. And yes, it was uh, influenced the, by Star the Star Wars. The which one? Um, the, it's a it was a cartoon. The first one. Uh, episode no, it was four? a it was a the Christmas special. Ooh. That was good. <laughs> I really enjoyed Chewbacca's work in that. Yeah, yeah. It's a story about Ewoks that live on the moon. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, that is a visual representation of a Japanese dating simulator. <laughs> I want to hear about that. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not. I don't know. I made that up. Um, it was also influenced by a movie called Lensman, mm. uh, which was I, I dug up a little info about because apparently Machiguchi Hiroyasu and his team went out to see this movie Lensman, which is which is also known as SF Shinsiki Lensman, which translates to Science Fiction New Century Lensman. Oh. And that was an animated movie that came out in Japan in 1984. And uh, that is where they were influenced, if you will, uh, from the design of the laser. Sure. So, like, the laser in the game is like a straight ripoff of the laser in this Lensman movie, mm-hmm. which I did sit down and watch some of today, and I could see exactly <laughs> that was it. I was like, wow, they, they really... Rip that off, or sure. we're influenced by, I guess. Do you know how big this movie was? Like, do you think that Japanese consumers um, were generally familiar with Lensmen? That is a great question. I w- I don't think I would put it. <laughs> how do I put this? Do you think it wasn't really in like the? Uh... It's not Ghostbusters from 1984. <laughs> it's probably more like the best little whorehouse in Texas in 1984. Okay, like. I would. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like yeah. my guess is, it was not All some mega stars. blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you have Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah. It like, but but you know, that's the only reason anybody watched it. Of course. Anyway, but no, yeah. I, I really do not know. But anyway, unless so. you had lasers, and that's why people watched it. Some kick-ass lasers. Kick-ass lasers. <laughs> um, it was originally an arcade game that was developed and put out on Konami's what they call Bubble System, and the Bubble System was termed such because they used what was called bubble memory. So bubble memory is almost like your precursor to flash RAM. It was okay. like magnetized RAM where they could like, I'm not going to get too technical. It was a gigantic flop that had a lot of problems because basically like light could wipe it out. Like there are ways that like electrostatic damage could literally smoke these things and they had problems with them all over Japan. So they wound up changing them to just like a standard ROM type memory. Sure. And then uh, that they, they never came over to the U.S. like that. It was only in Japan. Like they had like... They put it on Japan, had its problems, fixed it, and then they released it over here, which it was released over here in an arcade and outside, literally outside of Japan. I mean, I should, I should say, outside of Japan, it was released as an arcade game, but it was called something else. It's what called was? Nemesis. That is correct. Or Nemesis, if or Nemesi. Yeah, yeah. So it's called Nemesis in the arcade. Um, it was intended to be a follow-up to the game Scramble. Yes, uh, Scramble was a kind of side-scrolling shooter. I, I actually went and did some digging about that as well. I could absolutely see that, and it was kind of... They were even going to call it Scramble 2, and they're like, no, no, we'll call it Gradius. Oh, electric scramble Loo. Yeah, <laughs> it was Scramble 2, Electric scramble Loo. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, they called it Gradius for home console releases. It was released on the NES, on the PC Engine, which is the Japanese version of... The Turbo Graphics, as we know it in the U.S., sure, and the MSX, which is the Microsoft 
system exchange. I forget what it was. It was basically a microcomputer okay. that Microsoft's system... It was uh, microcomputer software exchangeability or something like that. It was supposed to be a universal platform that you could play video games on. Like It okay. was like a microcomputer that you could play gotcha, games on. Gotcha. It was a standard format. Uh, very big in Japan... Not not so much here at here. all, but it was yeah. uh, Microsoft and I think ASCII was the other company that worked okay. with them. Who they did a bunch of development games yeah, back in yeah, the day. Familiar sure. with ASCII. Yeah. Well, when did it come out, Jerry? Well, uh, we've got a few different release dates depending on the territory. Uh, in Japan, the release date was May 29th, nineteen eighty-five. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, that's that's the inf- best information we could find. Um, in the EU, this game started to appear in September of 1985, and then it finally appeared here in North America around March of 1986. And what do you find peculiar about that? Was the NES... When when did the actual NES come out? 85. 85, okay. I'll tell you what you should find peculiar about well, that. Why was it in the EU before it was in North America? Exactly. That's That's strange to me. Generally... Like we said last time, and I'll say many times, they usually get the... The raw end of the deal. Yeah, they usually get jammed. Yeah. Like, they're usually getting things... I think they got Super Mario World, like, in, like, 1993. Right. Like, that's what right. I mean. Like, they were always getting things late. Way Nintendo late. was not yeah. as big there. And this is a significant... I mean, it's six months. Maybe uh, it's just a shorter path. Yeah. Like, they, maybe yeah. they went west instead of east or something. Right. Maybe they actually had to fly the planes uh, that you use in the game. <laughs> or possibly the information was transmitted via laser uh, from mm. Japan. Uh, you know, and it was headed uh, headed uh, west. These are all so. questions that we would like our audience to answer for us. Yeah. If you could tell what us uh, what do you why, know about this? <laughs> why Gradius was only sent via laser, give us a call yeah, at yeah. 1-800-LOST-JOYSTICK. Don't call that. It's Actually, not a, do call it and let us know what it was. Yeah, you can call it. It's not us, but you can call it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so yeah, it is a little odd that it was it was in the EU before. I it found made that it, peculiar. Made here. Yeah. All right. So gameplay and story. What I read. <laughs> okay. I, there are conflicting. We've got some information. Information. There's conflicting yeah. information out there about this because as I go through, you know, when I when I do notes for an episode like this. I will sit down and I'll do some. Re- I'll dig up old interviews with the people. I'll try and find like the most relevant information. Mm-hmm. Then I'll try and like confirm or corroborate it if I can. Everywhere I read, but, but one place it called the ship that you pilot the Vic Viper. Hmm. I think the important thing here to note is where you read that it was not called the Vic Viper. In the manual of the game itself. <laughs> there it is. The information that was disseminated to the consumer directly upon purchase, which nobody read. Uh, okay. Very few people. But it was the Warp Rattler. The Warp Rattler. Now, Vic Viper is a much cooler name, and I think you made a good point earlier when you said I, What I said was I, I would hope that the character uh, piloting the Warp Rattler was Vic Viper. Vic Venom is actually the name of uh, Vince Russo used when he was writing for WWF magazine in the mid uh, mid nineties, which is bears a striking resemblance to, to Vic Viper. And if you don't think he's a gigantic Gradius fan, you're wrong. <laughs> he could be. I think he's got a Gradius tattoo. We need to find out. Not a great guy. Could be a great Gradius player. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough talk. That's for us to find out. So in it in itself. Gradius is a horizontal shooter, right? Like they talked about how Xevious 
was a huge influence. And I keep calling it Gradius, but some people call it Gradius. But mm-hmm. I've always called it Gradius, so we're going with Gradius. Sure. It was Xevious uh, uh, is more of a vertical shooter, right? Yeah. Like you're right. really going. I mean, you can yep. go left and right, but you're going. You're you're traveling up. Sure. Right uh, on your screen, whereas yeah. in Gradius you're going left to right. Exactly. The whole point to is advance. to. Yeah, right. The whole point is to. You know, get through the, I think it's seven different worlds. We'll read from the manual a little bit and uh, just to kind of uh, elaborate more on that. That will be some scintillating content. Yeah, Stick yeah. around for that. If you guys don't want to miss the manual read through. Mm, that's good it's stuff. It's going to be very dry. No, but uh, Mike's going to do it in Vic Viper's voice, though. So. <laughs> I was actually thinking of doing it in Robert Goulet's voice. It sounds just like Vic Viper. <laughs> oh, well, what? both then. It can be both. Yeah. But uh, the, the things I found that I thought were unique about it were they used a power meter was what they called it for power-ups so like you were basically given like you would pick up a power-up but you were not defined by it was not like hey this is going to let you shoot faster this is going to give you a shield you know one of the things that he said was that they thought that was boring like that was dry they wanted to do something different i would have really liked if they did that i almost would have rather they i would have much rather they did that (laughs) man because what they said is well, one of the ways I heard it termed and one of the things I read was it was a game of choices, and I thought that was a good way to put it. Because you have to decide, do I want to wait till I get six power-ups to get the question mark, which I don't understand why they called it question mark, because in the manual they very clearly define what it is. Yes. Like, it's not a question mark. No, it's a defined thing. It's a shield. Yeah. You say it's a shield in the manual, but you yes. say question mark. So whatever. Uh, do you want to wait till you get there? Do you want to wait till you get to the fifth one to get the uh, the extra the extra bullet, or do you want to like you know immediately? Yeah. You can speed choose up. when to cash in on your power, right? And, yeah. and it, that's great, except you're getting sometimes you're getting like you screw up, or you know like you have to get eleven power ups to get the one thing you want. It's just a, this game is merciless. Well, this game is merciless, and we will get into that in a second. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, uh, because actually, let's get into it right now. Why wait? Yeah, man. This is impossible to play uh, without the Konami code. I watched people speedrun this game, and I thought, they gave me some good ideas, and then I was like, I still I still can't do it. It's tough. It's very it's tough. It's a really tough game. The, the Konami code, as you mentioned, you know, everybody knows the Konami code, and if you don't, look it up. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. can buy t-shirts with it on. Everybody knows it, it. Exactly, yeah. What it does is you can start the game, Right? All of a sudden you're sitting there, it's black screen, you get your ship there, you know, yep. scrolling. And you pause it, you do the Konami code, and then you are given two options, extra bullets, right? Like you've got yep. your own shooter, it's like two, two extra guns, if you will. Yep. It gives you a shield, mm-hmm. and then it gives you missiles. Mm-hmm. Or, yes, missiles that drop down, right? So right. You, can, you can shoot forward, your missiles go down, and you have a shield to protect you. Yeah, which is helpful. And you can only use it once. Yeah. <laughs> You can use it again if you beat one of the boss ships at the end. So they have these, like, it almost looks like the top never of got the Millennium that far. Falcon. Wouldn't know. Really? <laughs> You've never got to the top of the, you never got to the Millennium Falcon ones? No. So there's this ship that, like, goes uh, vertical up and down and it shoots lasers at you. And it literally looks like the top of a Millennium Falcon. Okay. Or the Millennium. I don't know how many there are. It could have been a number of Millennium Falcon models. Falcon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows, man? They could. It's a late model Falcon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. If you if you defeat one of those and move on to the next stage and then you die in the game because you start with three lives, mm-hmm. you can get it back. But it only works like once or twice. It's not it, you don't get it every time you this die. This is not limitless power. No, not even close. And uh, one of the things I thought was also interesting was they mentioned that 
when you die in the game, you get sent back to what's called, they called it a checkpoint. Sure. And they did that. They didn't really want to do it that way, but they had to because of memory limitations. So they were loading this thing like three screens at a time because you had to manage the amount of memory you had before, you know, you could cause the program to go nuts. Of course, yeah. And, you know, they had they, they, they developed what they called this recovery pattern system, which the guy's like all like, oh, I thought it was for the best. And I'm like, not really. Mm-mm. It's not. Especially in a game like this where it's like, you know, like, hey, I'm going to run a 26-mile marathon, and I'm now I'm about 1.5 miles into it. I've, I've hurt my foot. Yeah. Well, you got to go back to 1.2 miles, and I really was never going to make it through the 26 mile anyway. <laughs> like, was never going to. This happen. was about the end of where I was going to get anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's that, and and one of the things I also kind of want to talk about is, and man, I played this game a lot. I sat down a couple times, and I, I sat down on my my NES and played it. Yeah. I I, I have well, I have one here at the office too, and I replayed it here. It is merciless is a fantastic word. I think I texted you, and what did I say when I texted you? Which time? <laughs> Fuck Gradius, I yeah, said. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. We had a couple of candidates this week, and this was the playable one. Yeah. Um, you know, we just, we wanted <laughs> to do... How dare you say that about Mighty Bomb Jack? <laughs> yeah, we, we tried a little Mighty Bomb Jack, and honestly... we Never say those words on this show again. <laughs> it's, it's rough. We'll, we'll cover that in a future episode when we're feeling very self That's like saying, I tried to huff a little paint. Yeah, just a little. I felt like that after. Like I imagine, I've never huffed paint, but yeah. I imagine what I felt like after playing Mighty Bomb Jack. That, is what it would that be like may after have the paint. worst mechanics anyway. of any game I've ever played. But but, but we decided on this. Yeah, and uh, it's tough. It's really tough. But we, we wanted to we wanted to do something a little different. We did such a such a huge game last week. We wanted to do something a little different. The this week. the thing I found the most difficult about this game was after you died, after you exploded. You would come back with nothing. You come back slow because one of your power is power ups is to speed up, which you need to do. Yes. Okay. You would come back with nothing, no speed, yeah. no nothing. So here you are. You're four levels in. Everything has gotten much diff- more difficult, but you have your pea shooter. Yes. That is literally all you have. And then, like, I can I'll talk a little bit about how far I got in a minute. But I was in this one particular stage, and I'm like, I, you would I would. I would get a, a score, and then I would only append very little to that score with my next three subsequent deaths right. because you right. could do almost nothing. Absolutely. But yes, it was a very difficult game. And, and uh, I enjoyed playing it, but we'll get into all that in, in a minute. But it, it was very hard. It's definitely a game of like patterns, I feel like. Yeah. You had to understand where things were. It, a game that rewarded knowledge within the game, but it was still relentless. It, it's Yeah, that's... That's a good description. Absolutely. All right. I want to. I want to talk about this. The the manual. Okay. Because I'll, I'll leave you to this. There's so much more in the manual <laughs> that it it really poses more questions than it answers. But then yeah. it, it does it does help clarify. Nintendo Nintendo manuals in in general. Uh, they they would give you so much, but it didn't all make sense because you they wanted to give you a story because the game could only tell so much of the story from a technical perspective yeah. you were only capable of telling so much of that story but let me ask you this did you ever feel like it was the developer writing the manual when i read this one no yeah like <laughs> in a lot of cases it, it feels so different like they outsourced this to some technical yeah. writer yes exactly like had no creativity but he was like okay well here's the story the yeah. planet gradius is a peaceful earth-like world <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> which i'll read now actually yeah. go so the story the story of gradius 
The planet Gradius, a peaceful Earth-like world, is now under all-out space attack from their old nemesis. Nemesis? Nemesis. Being from the subspace star cluster of Bacterion. <laughs> Man, are Lord. they living in a pandemic too? Yeah. The people of Gradius are in danger of being completely destroyed by the amoeboid Bacterions. To save them, you have just launched the prototype hyperspace forwarder Fighter. Fighter. The Warp Rattler. I was reading ahead. Yes. The entire galaxy awaits your duel to the death with the evil Bacterions. That's a good place to end it. Your objective is the Bacterion Super Fortress, Zerus. Sounds and looks way too much. It looks like, like Zevius. Way too much. <laughs> I like wanted Zevious. to say Zevius, yeah. To reach this, you must steal the enemy power capsules along your route and boost the Warp Rattler's hyperpowers. You are the last hope for the gentle people of Gradius. You will need all your courage and concentration to win. Get ready to blast off. Fuck you. Yeah. I used all my courage and concentration, <laughs> and I didn't even get? come How far did close. Get you? <laughs> I did not come close to defeat. Well, yeah. let's look in the manual. Okay, yeah. so let's see here. They got seven stages. Ha! Seven. <laughs> no I chance. got to the fourth one. That's impressive. I was at, I think it's the fourth one. It was the Moai stage that has like the Easter I'll Island. I'll tell you looking. a little later when we talk about personal experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't get that far. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I kind of picked up. Yeah, on it. yeah. All right, here's how to play. How to play. Your mission is to pilot the warp Bradler into enemy space and destroy and destroy Zerus. You are the only one left who can return peace to the planet Gradius. It is necessary for you to avoid enemy fire and destroy the hordes of alien bacterion craft that will come out to attack you as you proceed through the various stages of the game. Yeah, okay, sure. Like Whatever. Yeah, I get yeah. it. It's You have to kill everything and avoid their shots. You can't. <laughs> no, it's, but, it's next to impossible. So, so the next page is about the power-ups, right? And they kind of talk about how each time you capture a, a red-colored enemy power capsule... The series of power boost selection indicators will light up at the bottom of your screen. So at the bottom of the screen, you had six options. Six options. You would get your power-up capsule. It would light up an option. You right. could choose, with your B button, you could choose to exercise that option. Or you could say, no, I'm going to wait. wait. I want to yeah. wait until I get to the option or the question mark, which I'll talk about now. Yeah. Your six options. Number one. So these, and these are kind of in order of, I would say... Um, power. The, yeah, the advantage that it gave you. Yeah, the, the longer you wait, the better the thing that you got. Although I will say, number one is speed up, which increases your speed. Absolutely integral. You must increase your speed, I think, at least the first two times, if not third time. That was my general go-to. Yeah. And I will also say this. One of the things I thought inter was interesting was this. I did a run-through where I did nothing, but every time I got a capsule, sped it up. Huh. So it does two things, because I would use the Konami code, and the Konami code would give you the additional options, which we'll talk about in a second here. Okay. There is an unlimited number of times you can speed up your ship. And every time you do that, when you start, you have like your three options, like your three guns, and they sure. have a specific distance. That distance grows every time. So huh. at some point, you could have three options that basically cover the entire screen. It was absolutely impossible to move, though, because the slightest movement on your analog controller would shoot you up into the roof <laughs> or down into the floor, right, and you, you were flying across the screen. It was absurd how quickly you moved. Like, I'm like, there should have been a limit. Like, once you hit a limit of four or five of those or whatever, then right. you could have skipped right to the next one, which is the missile. Right. The missile is uh, you were able to drop, like, bombs yeah. on people. Yeah. So you could shoot straight with your shooter still, but it would but also, you would also drop shoot down little yeah. bombs on, yeah. on, on the stuff below you, which was great. 
Number three was the double. So it equips you with a double beam cannon. It's effective against enemy attacks from above. So instead of shooting your missile down, you now would have you'd still have your missile down. Correct. You'd shoot forward and up. So now you're shooting at a 45 degree angle up, straight across, and a 45 degree angle down, essentially. Yep. yep. Number four, the lens man laser. <laughs> it looks exactly like it. I will say that in watching people speedrun this game. They did not use the laser until later in the game because I believe it gave them a distinct advantage when they were defeating the Moai, which may have been my problem. Okay. Because the Moai, I tried to shoot them with lasers and it was very difficult. Okay. But with this, it seemed like they were having no problem. But they were obviously much better at the game than I was. And much, much better than I was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. One more much. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five is the option, which is basically they call it a doppelganger capability, which is like another, it's like a glowing orb below you of which you can attain two more, which also shoot bullets or lasers if you have the laser option. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into lasers. And then number six is dubbed question mark, but it says right here it's the force field barrier. It <laughs> is your shield. It's a it, question mark. It glows like this bluish green tealish color. Right. And then if you've been hit a number of times, it'll glow red and that means you have one more hit. It's hilarious to me that they called it question mark when they easily could have fit shield. Option fit, so why didn't shield fit? They're both six letters or whatever. So anyway. Yeah. That, is, want- that is an odd choice. I almost wonder if somewhere in the development they they wanted it to be a mystery. Maybe when it was an arcade the, game. Yeah. Yeah. But by that time, was my thought. Yeah. By the time it came to writing the manual, they were like, oh, let's just tell them what it does. Why don't you just why tell me the name of the movie you want to watch? Yeah. Exactly. Note, you may have multiple power boost effects at one time, or at the same time. However, the double beam cannon and the laser cannot be used together. Now, that is unfortunate, because that would be kick-ass. You could shoot the ceiling. Yeah. Because the beauty of the laser was this. In the beginning of this game, these little circular dudes, they actually have a name. I'll pull it up here. The fan. fan, It's Jeff. The Jeffs. Mm -hmm. The fan enemy. Well, four of them would come at you in a row. Right. And if you defeat a four, you get a power-up module. Right. With a laser, it shoots through all four of them. Yeah. But you don't have to shoot them four times. You shoot one laser, and it roasts the whole row. Yeah. Kills all the Jeffs. So, yeah. (laughs) It's anti-Jeff. Those lasers are anti-Jeff lasers. Yeah. But I wish you could have also had it and shot up. Because I kept finding myself going to the top of the screen to try and defeat the, let's see, the... Dackers. I would have called them clingy boys. The cl- <laughs> Annoying. Yeah. Um, those guys are not fun. But I couldn't I couldn't do that with, with the I had, you know, I was always using the laser and I couldn't use the double and yes. whatever. Looking back it was a Can I can choice, I tell you playing uh, this in general a, a, might have been a brief a story. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Uh, wait, no, we don't have time for this. <laughs> we don't we don't ever uh, We're already like a half an hour into this show. What, we don't you know, ever sidetrack. Listen, we've got we've got a budget we gotta stay within here, but I don't <laughs> a time budget. Yeah. So uh if you think so. I, I had I had a, a group of friends in high school uh who, kinda. Um <laughs> they had this great story. They they were on a road trip, they were uh they were playing soccer, traveling soccer, and they were in North Carolina. And uh, there was a young man playing uh, Virtual Boy at one of the stations set up at a department store. Mm. And they were just having the best time uh, going up behind him and in a uh, thick, fabricated southern accent screaming at him, Shoot your lasers! Shoot your lasers! <laughs> and so anytime there's a laser in a video game, That's it's, all you can it's really all I can think of. It really is. And that poor child couldn't see them. 
Poor, poor boy. He was in. He was engrossed yeah. in red virtual in the red reality lines and black open space. The red virtuality, virtual reality. Yeah. But all it, right. The worst system of all time. It's it's up there. So this next section is under attack from the space invaders. It talks about the seven levels: the volcanic stage, the Stonehenge stage, the inverted space volcano stage, the Moai stage. And then a bunch of stages I never saw. <laughs> the foreign uh, to us stages. Yeah, the Atenoid stage, the Amoeboid stage, and the Zarius Super Fortress stage. Now, no. I will say, I did watch this the speed run, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting. Like I was like, oh, these are stages I've never seen before. I don't I remembered one of them. I do remember getting past the Moai stages when I was younger. Okay. Like I do remember that. But I was like, I've never <laughs> I've never gotten to the end of this game. Yeah. So and I, I would say you did pretty well, considering uh, you know our prep time is a couple of weeks, yeah, and we yeah. really only started playing the game about a week ago. <laughs> you want some helpful hints on Gradius because the manual has some. Uh, no. Well, go yeah, ahead. All right, no problem. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. He's yeah. not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. <laughs> Hidden within the gameplay of Gradius are ways to obtain bonus points and to perform extraordinary maneuvers. Maneuvers. <laughs> Maneuvers. <laughs> Shabadoo. The keys to get bonus points and to perform these maneuvers are buried within the program. Hopefully you'll be able to discover these in the playing the game. We would appreciate hearing from you, and if <laughs> if and when you do discover some of these, we will give you one hint. It is possible to warp through a stage if you fulfill certain conditions. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know what those conditions are. I'll, I'm going to tell you this. Until we sat down to play this game, I didn't remember that any of this existed. Yeah. And I do know what those things are now. Oh, go on. So you want to hear some weird stuff? I Yeah, sure. <laughs> I really should have printed these. I'm going to do two of them by memory. But go on. In this game... There are enemies that come out of a capsule, right? They come up yes, out of a thing yeah. and then they come towards you. Right. If you defeat in the first stage, I'm just going to give you a couple examples, and you can look the rest of these up. This is how absurd they are. If you defeat those enemies, like if you defeat that capsule, like blow it up, right? And your the the number on your score is of the thousands. Okay, so you've so got this your, is like a pinball bonus. Yeah, at this exactly. Point. You've got a hundreds, a thousands, ten thousand. That yeah. thousands number, if it's even. The four times that you blow it up on the first stage, you will warp to stage three. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I Just hate wait. That. Oh, you think that's dumb? Go on. Let's play a dangerous game of can you top this? <laughs> because the next one is the ship that you never fucking made it to. Yeah. The, 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 the Millennium Falcon ships. Yeah. One of the bonuses, if I remember correctly, if you defeat that thing in two seconds, it will warp you to the next stage. <laughs> so now I'm gonna th- tell you this this is the boss for the stage, right? And I will tell you it's possible because I watched these speedrunners and they've done it. And I kinda understand now how they did it, but woo! You talk about good luck, but, you needed some good luck. But wait, <laughs> this this is the final thing in that stage, correct? Yes, but you advance to the stage after the next stage. Ah, so ah, I you see. would go from So if stage... you defeated him in, a, in stage one, you would advance to stage three. Exactly. And okay. one of the things that he said was, Skip a what I read was, that's why there is no warp from stage six, or there's no boss at the end of stage six, because you cannot warp past stage Makes sense. seven. Makes sense. But yeah, you talk about fulfill certain conditions, this is more vague than my ex-wife. 
<laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like, <laughs> why are you upset? You should know why I'm upset. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you why you're upset. The fact that you don't know why is why I'm upset. Yeah. What, I just need to know how to warp to stage three, woman. Like, what you, you can't possibly, uh, like, the, the, the blowing up the capsules... Uh, with an even number in the thousandth place. That's gonna, just so ridiculous. I'm going to tell you, I played it enough where it happened a couple times. I tried once. Yeah. I, no, I tried twice. I did it once. I wasn't sure because I'm like, is it the number? Because you're also having to kill stuff at the same time. Yeah. So it's yeah. very difficult. You, you cannot can't say... You can't really slow down for a moment. You can't plan for it. Yeah. You can't say, okay, I'm just going to destroy this thing at when I'm at the thousandth thing because you have three things going on at once. You just It's very difficult to plan for I was able to do it one time. And then when you do it, you warp through this Moa, bunch of Moai heads that you have to avoid. It's a warp stage and you can die. The first time I ran, I like tried to shoot him. I'm like, oh, I made it to the warp stage. Let me shoot this. And it kicked my ass instantly. I died. I'm like, yeah, what the hell is going on here? So anyway, but yes, I was able to one, once I did it on purpose, once I did it by, by accident, just by <laughs> playing through and be like, you just happen to, you know, the odds are one in four that you're going to do it or whatever, maybe. I don't know. And then you sure, did it. Sure, sure. So, or I guess it's less than that. It's actually one. It's probably twelve and a half percent. Because you got a 50-50 shot of your number being at an even number, right? And then you have to do it four times in a row. So you take your, you know, what is that? Fifty-fifty. That's actually less than that. Because you go four in a row is going to be 50, 50, 25, 12 and a half, six point two five. I think it's a six point two five percent chance of it happening organically. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me on the math, but I think I'm right. Okay. You you have to account for the fact that the time that it does happen That's though low. too. So it's a it's a it's not a big number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Advanced attack and defense maneuvers. Attack the red enemy craft without letting them escape. Then steal their power capsules. Pay careful attention to the power boost selection indicator at the bottom of your screen. Choose the appropriate power boost considering the stage you are in at the time. So you had to be, like, situationally aware. The enemy's projectiles are intelligent weapons. They will anticipate your flight path and follow your escape maneuvers. Be careful not to get caught napping. That's true, because there are some of those enemies that come down at an angle, and then once they get right. online, they come right at you. Right. They annoyed me more than anything. Yeah, very much so. Man, there's a lot more stuff in here I'm not going to read. Good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Although there is a place in this manual for scores, which is blank. That's not surprising, considering how embarrassing it would have been if you had written them in there, considering how poor they probably were. Yeah. I do want to talk about... Treat your Konami game carefully. Never insert your fingers or any metal objects into the terminal portion of the expansion connector. This can result in malfunction or damage. Yeah, that's it. That's that's as far as I'm going to go with the Konami manual. That's so a good that's, idea. That's what the manual say. Now, inserting a metal object into a standard non-Konami developed uh, Nintendo cartridge, that's a good idea, right? In theory. Okay. I mean, All right. if you... You know, it doesn't explicitly say so in the manual. What's your what's your end game? I mean, what are you going for? Are you thinking about potentially having it malfunction or damaged? Just stabbing at my carts. Because <laughs> okay. I can tell you that based on what I read here, the answer would be yes. But if it's hmm. just stabbing at the carts, then go for it. I don't care what you do. Okay. Well, All right. Well. Let's talk a little bit about the music. Who was the composer for the music in this game? Uh, he's going to leave me to pronounce this. I'll, uh, I'll the, do it. The name is Miki Higashino. Uh, she was actually one of Konami's first composers. Um, she was there from 1985 to 2002, 
and she has a pretty darn impressive resume, actually. It's no Koji Kondo resume. Like, no. I hate that we started with that because everything yeah. pales in comparison. But I was but actually really good. I was yeah. actually really impressed. What, yeah. what did she do? Tell me. Tell me. Uh, yeah. Even though I can read it right here, tell me. Yeah, I, I can give you a few. Read my words for me. I can give you a few titles uh, that she worked on. She worked on uh, Salamander. She worked on Life Force. So Salamander was basically Life Force. They yeah. were the they were the sequel. Right. Life Force actually is ostensibly a better game, if you That's, ask me. Well, I like Life Force, but that was not the point of this. We wanted we wanted to go with a game that yeah. we wanted to be terrorized. So, so by she, yeah, right, right. Somewhere. So she worked she worked largely within this franchise. She also yep. did she also did Gradius Three. Great game. But she also did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Yep. She did uh, TMNT Tournament Fighters for the Genesis, which is great. Which is interesting because I have that game for Nintendo, mm-hmm. right? I think I actually have it for Genesis, too. It's like this um, funky music. Yeah. It's not anything like... I do like the music from Gradius. I'm sure, going to say with but that it's, before it's we get it. it's not similar. But it's not... It, it's, it's a different style, and I really do mm-hmm. like it. So go ahead. Uh, she did the music for Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Konami game. She did the music for Double Dribble, the playoff edition. That is the Super Nintendo version of Double Dribble, not the Nintendo one that we all like. Right. The one we played was the Nintendo one. This is the one nobody knows. Yeah. And lastly, Mike, what what else did she do? Suikoden and Suikoden 2, which are two very big and now expensive RPGs for the PlayStation 1. They're very good, and they have excellent soundtracks. I believe there was like... 105 songs in Suikoden 2, or yep. Suikoden, I, or however I, people say I, it. I played both of these games. Uh, I wish I had the second one. It's 300 bucks. They got a copy of really Disc Replay. Now? I'm like, hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's not yeah. cheap. I remember playing both of these, uh, you know, back back in the old days. Uh, it was, yeah. It was, they, were, they were good games. So that's a little bit about old Mickey. Other yeah. than she's pretty cute. I'm going to say she was pretty cute. I got to say it. I mean, it's fine. You know, like, I don't want to be, like, you know, a jerk. Mike but. Pitts over here objectifying poor women again. <laughs> she was cute. Mm, you sick, sick son of a bee. I'll edit this out. <laughs> just, very well respected mother and uh, pillar of the community. <laughs> Pillow of the community, you oh, sicko. Oh, got him. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> I thought this was interesting. We talked about how... Legend of Zelda was what the fifth best or fourth best? Yeah, Four, fifth best. Fifth best, yeah. Selling because, game of all because time. we talked about the top five. Yep. This, this, you know, it, it's it's pretty far back in the standings, but it's not as if this was not a popular or impressive game. I, everybody I knew had this game growing up. I did. Yeah, I, everybody I knew had this game. Yeah, and I think part of that is that it was an early game. And yes. this was at a point within... And you're like, oh, there's a spaceship on it. Cool. Yes, exactly. This is at a point within the life of the NES where there were few enough games at Toys R Us. And I still remember, I will never forget, the method for buying a game at Toys R Us. Because you went to the Nintendo aisle. <laughs> I want it. There was a tag. Oh, well, yes, that was the method. Was it's how to buy action figure man. Yeah, complaining until my dad would. <laughs> but actually, my, my dad was the, the bigger uh, video yeah, game yeah, you player didn't than I was. So the very little whining on my part. So we would get to the video game aisle. There was a tag within the, uh, like in front of the box. Oh, that stuff's all you collectible You pulled the tag, now. took There's it up front. There's a name for it. Yeah, I'm sure. And this this is still a million-selling game. It is the 60, 72nd best-selling NES game of all time. But when you say that, you have to remember that there were, what, 700 games for the NES? So... Yeah, 677, that's right. Yeah, so 72nd is not bad. You're still talking within the top, you know, 15, 20% of games here, so. 
and a million I, cartridges is i mean that's that's very impressive i will say that i think the thing i found i don't think it was that astounding to me mm-hmm. but we talked on the last episode about how ninja gaiden was not in the top 75 best-selling nintendo games of all sure. time i i double-checked when i looked at this and it was not there Gradius is at you know near the end of that list with the one million sold, and what I think is that is a very weird number. I'm like, really one million? That yeah. seems uh, like you might round it up. Although the cartridge does say, and I don't have it in front of me, but it does say sold over one million copies in Japan. So like on the Famicom, this ah, was a very popular game. Sure. So sure. obviously, I think they did. I, I do think that part of that has to be a timing thing, though, right? It, I, I I do. There there were select cartridges at I, the time, and like if it looked even halfway entertaining. We would probably and buy it, it was. I'm not gonna lie. I like playing the game. I wish it were easier to advance and not easy to advance. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but easy. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was fine, fine, fine. It did. Uh, it did spawn a couple. Spawn a couple sequels. So yeah. Salamander, which you talked about, was Life Force on consoles. Very good game. Terrible graphics. You can play it on NES. I like. I like Salamander slash Life Force. Yep. Salamander two. Eh, whatever. And then Gradius three. There's more than that. I mean, this is a very... I have a very sure. short list of examples. Sure. But there were a number of sequels. Gradius 3, I enjoyed a great deal. Right. Um, I like playing that game still to this day. So and It makes sense, too, that the that the sequels were better games. This this is just a game that... Especially but, considering it was this guy's like, hey, man, we didn't even know how to do stuff. Ex- exactly. <laughs> like, this, this is things so, got better because we got better doing things. Yeah, this is, this is so early. And yeah. uh, on top of that, you know... It, it's it's ambitious. That's that's the best thing I can say for it. Really, is that given given more skill, it would have been a better game, um, and given more you know more computing power, more knowledge, all all those things. This this would have been a better game. So, it makes sense. So, let's talk a little bit about our personal experience with this game. I hated it. <laughs> I had a bad time playing it. Um, I know your high scores. My high score was just over 50,000. <laughs> I could not beat the first level, and I tried over and over and over again, and I am not good at it. I remember playing this as a child, and my memories of playing it as a child is that I hated it. <laughs> and now as an adult, I still don't like it. I want you to read... From this interview again, this okay. this this highlighted section right here at the bottom, that one line. Okay. Read what that says and tell me if you would agree with that. This says, <laughs> Gradius was very popular, but it had a low replay value and didn't draw much income. <laughs> so how do you yeah. feel? Do you relate with that? Comment? I'll never play this again. Yeah. I mean, it was... It, it, I, I'm glad I played it. For the short period of time I played it, but even as arcade-style shooters go, there are just so many other things. I'd rather play Asteroid than play this. This is, this game just is. It, it's not a lot of fun to me. I never think about things in that respect where I go, "This is a better version. I'd rather play it." I usually go, "I hate myself enough to play this," or something. You don't know. Yeah, but no. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, well, we're we're very different. Uh, types of gamers too like you're, you're a much more serious gamer than i am i don't play video games as much and i know you don't play video games as much as you once did but i would say in a given week i play less than three hours of video games yeah um and this last week it was just two and a half hours of gradius and given that time constraint i'm never gonna play gradius again <laughs> 
It'll it'll just be something else. You know, it's fine. I um. I. I want to like this game. In general, I try to look for the good in things. Most things. It was difficult here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed playing it, but as soon as I died, I would just reset it. Yeah, there's no point in because continuing on without the code. Literally, I would be... Well, literally. I'd be sitting there, I would die, and be like, God damn. You know, like... Yeah. I literally, I had my foot... I have, like, a top loader at home, right? And it's RGB modded, folks. Did it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have a top loader at home. And the button is that you press the button from the top, right? So I just right. had my foot. Like, I had it within range of my foot at all times because <laughs> I would be playing it. And I'd be like, nope. Boing. Done. Nope. Boing. Reset. I probably started this game a hundred times. Wow. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, 50 or 60. I, maybe I'm exaggerating. It was, it was more than a few. Yeah. I liked playing it. I liked playing it when I was a kid. I remember liking it, but then never going back to it, which re- kind of relates exactly to what he yeah, says here. Not like, a lot of replay value. It was a good game, but it just nobody wanted to play it more than once. And I think if you actually defeated this game, you would probably still feel the same way about it, right? Like if if you got all the way through, you would go, "Oh my god!" I'm I, I'm not one of those people who has to play a game to like the end. Yeah. I like doing that. I like finishing games. Sure, but it's not like oh, you I like have to finishing beat it. games that you enjoy. Yes, that is a good way to put it. Or if they're easy, yeah. You know, I'm not, and I don't mind a challenge, but yep. this is beyond that. It is. It's it's very difficult. And I think like uh, there are some quick twitch reflex uh, sort of movements in this game that I don't have. Yeah, my brain is shooters old and are bad. tough. Like you have to like <laughs> shooters are this thing where you have to have dexterity and you also have to be out in front of problems constantly. Like you have to see yeah. things as they develop, understand where they're going, and then also have yeah. the ability to maneuver out of them. Yeah. So my brain just does not uh, I'm compatible not, with this game. I'm not great at shooters either, but this I'm better at others than I am this one. Sure. Um, yeah, I got to the Moai stage. Did I mention that? Yep. Uh, I would always die there. Mm-hmm. Those little rings that would come out, I, I could not defeat them enough to get them off my back. And yeah. then once I died once, that was it. I would yeah. be like, forget it. I'm restarting. My high score without using the code, which I tried both. My high score without using the code was 145,300. My good. high score with using the code was 227,300. Pretty good. So I thought it was okay. My high score was just north of 50,000. Yeah. yeah. That's about, like, I actually started to like. I couldn't figure out if I wanted to gauge my success, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll use that term loosely, in, based on points or based on how far I got in the game. Sure. And once I realized that I was never going to get much further in the game, <laughs> I started to base Went it on points. points. Sure. Um, I got to the point where I was like, I understand that I can get anywhere from fifty to 75,000 points in the first stage. You know the area where the two volcanoes... Did you get to the part where the two volcanoes are constantly oh, yeah. spewing? Oh, yeah. You couldn't get past that? I got past it once okay just past it yeah there's a there's a like a place you can hide or if you have enough power-ups you can actually defeat it but you just have to sit there it's like a timed thing and yeah like, whatever yeah and i did figure because that out eventually one of the things i thought was interesting was when i watched the playthrough the last stage before you go into the fortress the enemy you can actually hide and it can just it shoots a ton of stuff but eventually you just wait and it's gone it's huh. like one big enemy that looks like right. you have to defeat it, but really you're just trying to survive it. And this dude's just sitting down here, like, out of the way, yeah. can't get hit, and after, like, 15 or 20 seconds, it explodes for no reason. Huh. I'm like, 
It was like a Simpsons episode where like Bette Midler throws the can at the truck and then the truck explodes or he pours milk on cereal and it explodes. I love to believe that there's some sort of logic behind those things. Like the ship overheated from, yeah. from shooting so much and I immediately and exploded. go there too. It's funny you but, say that. But like, in reality, you and I both know yeah. that there is no, no logic behind that. Based on everything else I've seen in this game, there can't be. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about the uh, legacy of this game. Sure. We talked about a few of our... The, the the lists that we used last time, and I kind of am going to use them as a boilerplate for yep. determining, like, legacy, right? So one of the things that we discussed last time was in Nintendo Power's 100th issue, they had the best 100 games of all time. Again, as I looked at that list, I looked through that list, and I thought, these are all Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether they were developed by Nintendo or not, they all were released, like, Dragon Warrior 4 was a of square course. game. Yeah. Or NX game, or NX game, sorry, I shouldn't, I'll get in trouble for saying that, but... Uh, but that uh, that was what I mean. Like it, they all came out on Nintendo. Yeah, of course. There was not going to be like platform games. Toe Jam and Earl wasn't going to make the list. <laughs> okay, they didn't make the list. Yeah, sadly. no uh, console exclusives outside of the Nintendo. Right. Where do you think it was ranked in the 100 best NES or best games of all time in Nintendo Power? I'm going to guess based on my experience that it was not ranked. That is correct. Yeah. Although Gradius 3 for the Super Nintendo made number 76, which I which is pretty good. good. That's respectable. Okay. Times top 50 games of all time? I'm going to say Gradius has not been mentioned within the pages of Time Magazine or Newsweek. I was going to ask you about Newsweek next. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Polygon's best 500 games of all time from 2017. There's the no best way. 500 games. There's no way it was ranked there. No way. Because as time moves on, as time marches on, we have had 20 years since the Nintendo Power issue. And those were specifically really just Nintendo games. So I'm going to say it wasn't ranked. It was not ranked. Even in the top 500 games of all time. It's it's not a top 500 game. It doesn't belong there. Yeah, I agree. It's not a top 500 game. Now, I will tell you this. We talked about Jeff Gertzman and his review of Legend of Zelda in the last episode. Our boy Jeff Gertzman. And Jeff, if you're listening, and I know you're not, but if you are, I, I sent you a Twitter DM because I wanted to ask you a question. Yep. And I was I reached out to to Jeff to say, hey, we've started up this pod, this podcast, and we mentioned your review of The Legend of Zelda from 2006 in it. And what I'd like to do is potentially have you help rate this these games right mm-hmm. so like you you mentioned you hey man yeah like what do you think of gradius on a scale of one to ten all you have to do is send me a dm back saying four six ten <laughs> it will be ten yes but but a number mm-hmm. trying to make this as simple as possible i've received no re- re- response from jeff yet okay we'll but see we're gonna see maybe in the next we'll DM, episode we'll dm every week yeah in two weeks i'm gonna send him a message again and talk about the game that we're gonna talk yeah. about next and say, what did you think of this game? And maybe Mike's, he'll find that one. Mike's a serious Gertzman stan. So he's just going to keep writing him these letters until he responds. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I, I was doing it for a number of years before this podcast. So <laughs> yeah. that's not true. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the but no, no, from, from Gertzman, we got nothing right now. Yeah. No Gertzman. I'm a bit of a Gertzman myself. <laughs> Jamie Gertz. I'm more of an Ellie Gertz. That's Ellie, fair. Ellie Gates. Gets. Yeah. All right, we'll edit that part out. We'll edit that part out for sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about collecting this game. So there's there's two things I want to talk about here. Mm-hmm. 
I want to talk about specific to Gradius. If you wanted to play it, what it would cost, what's the price of entry, yep. you know, all that stuff. And I also want to talk a little bit, because we didn't do it last time. I'm a collector myself. <laughs> I am Squilliam Fancy Pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a collector of video games. I love retro video games. I've kind of started to get myself really into this community. I, that's part of the reason I want to do the podcast. So one of my current goals is, like I said, I'm, I'm collecting the loose NTSC U licensed Nintendo NES library. 677 games. Yes. Currently, I am... I was 24 games away, I think. 25 games. I have to look. Yeah. I I added two this week. Okay. It's a big deal. And uh, we'll talk about what they are. But I want to I, I want to talk a little about Gradius first. But yes, yeah. so so there's there's a couple different versions of this game. There is a five screw and a three screw variant. We talked a little bit about that yep. last week and yep. what that means, what the uh, you know uh, different variations of the cartridge are. Um, loose, you can get this game in about the uh, thirteen dollar range. In fact, there's no difference in the two. So the, in this case, a five screw and a three screw, you're not going to pay any premium for a five sure. screw or a three screw, whichever yeah. it is. It's, it's not a one variant is not rarer than the other, right? And it is about a thirteen dollar game, which is true because we went to GameSwap in Kettering, yeah. and it was twelve ninety nine there. Yeah. So I thought that's right in market value price. Yep, it's going to fall right right in that range. Um, you can get a complete game. Um, for in the sixty to eighty dollar range. So that's your standard like standard condition, sixty to eighty bucks, right? It's nothing like super fancy minty. I yep. don't like that word. But this but is complete with like, the box. Yeah, complete with, the, with your manual. manual. The manual's an inexpensive piece. Yep. The, the only difference in the boxes is, is when you're dealing with the five screw version, old Nintendo games had cardboard hang tag hang tabs. So yep. on the back of the box there would be a literally a cutout where you would pop that up and then you would hang it on the 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 hook, a peg a peg yeah. or a peg yeah. hook right yep and those have become wildly desirable in collecting because they are generally perceived as being the first prints they are the early prints of games makes sense it's it's just you know what what the direction that collecting in general which I don't love is going towards yep. it's becoming very um uh, I want to say compartmentalized but it's getting very um it's going down rabbit holes, right? Yeah, sure. So yeah, that that one does make a little bit of sense to me. It you does. Know, with, I just don't like it, yeah, but it does. With, with records, people tend to do that. Any sort of abnormality that you can pick out in a collectible item to signify that it is a rare pressing or a first pressing Early, or anything whatever, like yeah. that, um, pe- people really tend to gravitate towards those things. I do. Yeah. I agree. I understand yeah. exactly. I'm just saying I don't like it. No, no I, I agree. Because it's going to cost me money. Now, the... <laughs> The grading, this kills me on this specific game. I don't want to go too far into the whole grading, graded, because that's a whole sect of collectors. It is. It is. And that is fine. If that is your thing, cool and good for you. But like graded games in general, I'm not a huge fan of them. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last time. You know, it, and, it takes away the actual functionality of the game. Right. If you grade a baseball card, you just have a baseball card that is encased in a piece of yeah. plastic, but you didn't want to touch it in the first place. Yeah. You really just wanted to flip it over. You wanted to see the beautiful image on the front side. You wanted the text on the back side. That's really what you wanted. You a wanted game. to see that, like, <laughs> Willie McGee was an avid bowler. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Read those great notes. Yes. Or... For example, yesterday, if you bought a bunch of uh, packs of 89 Fleer 
and one of us pulled the Billy Ripken. You want to be able to see which version of the Billy Ripken you pulled. I'm going to be I got honest the, with you. I'm uh, mad at you. That was yeah. all my idea. Yeah, it was your idea. And you stole my idea. You messed up big. You done goofed. You took my Ripken. Yeah. I ripped for Ripken, and uh, it came out good. It's fine. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. But uh, so a sealed, uh, a graded, a game graded at 9.2, a Gradius cartridge game. It's a very high grade. 9.2, which is an incredible grade. A it's a sealed a, game. Yeah. Graded by WADA. Yep. Sold for $3,360. And there's now, and this, and they had a, it had an A seal. So there's A, A plus, A plus plus, B, B plus, whatever. It's a. whatever. Yay. There's another version up for auction right now that ends in like a few weeks. I don't even, I don't know. I don't want to pay that close of attention. I only look at this stuff for this show. For the show. Yeah. And it's like halfway there already, but it has an A plus seal, but it's a 9.0. And I'm like, which is more important, man? Is it the number that's more important or the letter that's more important? I don't know. Um, I will say this. Again, my stance on grading games is I'm not a huge proponent of it. I don't like what it's doing to the industry. I understand things like that are sealed that you're never going to open. Whatever. I get it. Yeah. Um, and I have some very nice games that I have many copies of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have a very nice copy of Super Mario Bros. I have a very nice copy of Ninja Gaiden. Like, very, very nice. Like, almost absurdly nice for how old they are and what they are. But I have other copies of those games. So part of me is like, get them graded. They would, I'm not doing it from an investment perspective. I'm not doing it to try and make money. I'm yeah. only doing it so I'm like, okay, I kind of like how it looks in the box yep. or in the, in the acrylic. And it can sit on the shelf and it's And you have another copy. Yeah. I'm never going to pull this game out of the thing and actually play it. Yep. I have a copy to play. Why would I do that with this super nice version? It's sure. But, but that's fine. Everybody has their own stance. But yeah. like I said, in general, I'm not a fan. But I can see its utility at times. Yeah. Anyway. It, it's just crazy to me. Like, I do see this with cards sometimes as well. So, like, a 10 under PSA grading, which is, like, the uh, the biggest organization that grades cards, um, is a perfect score. And a perfectly graded bad card, to me, shouldn't be worth anything. It's still a card that no one should care about. I, I They do this with Pokemon, too. And there yeah. are people who, who collect, like, Gem Mint 10 sets yeah right like they have nothing but to do but burn money i guess i i suppose so i and I, I, I think we, we talked about this a little bit a lot of this is just people speculating on things it is it's a lot of speculation and some people think it's a fad and it's going to die off and yeah whatever i don't know if i necessarily agree with that but i don't know if i care enough to worry about it yeah i will also say that i do find it interesting you talked about the baseball thing mm-hmm. like the graded psa i was looking at something recently as a baseball card mm-hmm the graded PSA 8 was $99. Yep. The 7 was like $25. Yep. The 6 was like $13. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, like, give me the 7. Yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't need, like, uh, I, I want a card that looks good. And quite honestly, a PSA 7 looks pretty darn good. It's and like I'll tell you excellent something else. to near mint. I'll tell you something else. They're really looking at these things at, at that level with a magnifying glass. Oh, it's crazy. So I've, I've, th- I've cards that are graded at 8s, 9s, 7s, 6s. You really have to get into sort of that lower half before you start noticing actual differences in the cards. Yeah, it's the 6 to the 7, I think, is the big difference I yeah. see. Yep. Anyway, now they're here or there. All right. So a little speed running, though. Why don't we talk? So we talk about speed running. Yep. There are kind of two different categories as it relates to speed running. There's the any percentage where you're using warps, and then there's the all levels, like yep. you go through every level. Both records are held by the same person, G A A T T C. Gak. Gathic. Any the all levels 
15 minutes and 16 seconds. The any percentage, 11 minutes and 10 seconds. I watched a couple of these speed runs, and they kind of blow my mind. I will say that he completed, or she, I don't know, completed this on an emulator, and that there's a lot of controversy about, did you play it on an emulator? Did you play it on real hardware? We're using save states. Did you, how sure. did you train? Blah, blah, blah. So people are purist weird. Everybody, you, you get into like a subculture, and then you have a bunch of gatekeepers. It's like, I hate that all the crap. Whatever. But I will say the guy who beat the game on a regular Nintendo, like mm-hmm. a standard piece of hardware, that was second place, 11 minutes and 11 seconds. So oh. the guy in the emulator, 11 minutes and 10 seconds. And I'm like, if I'm a regular hardware guy, I'm probably mad. I would be. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. You, I did you, this on a real Nintendo. Got, right. You got to meet me. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. You and I will do it on the, on the real Nintendo and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of it, man. That's, uh, you got anything else to add here about, uh, about our friend, um, Mr. Gradius? I just, you know, we're, we're going to cover, we're going to cover games that, um, were sort of, you know, a big deal to the world. We're going to cover games that maybe we liked, um, that were not as popular. We're, we're going to do a number of things. To me, this is a game that was middling popular and, I also didn't really enjoy. So it's just outside you know. of the top 10% of popularity of a game. Yeah. Right? Like at 72, if there's 670, and I don't know, that's not necessarily fair because Famicom games and stuff probably are included. Right. Yeah. But it's in, the way I perceive it is it's probably like a, in the top 10% of popularity. And that does make sense. Like I said, just about everybody I knew had this game, you know, because people didn't know any better back then. Sure. And there, there were just there a was no Nintendo power to tell them how great it was. Yeah, that's true. Um, just a couple of quick, like, miscellaneous notes on this game that I thought were interesting. They mentioned that at the time, Western computer RPGs were uh, coming to Japan and that building characters was kind of a new way of doing things. Absolutely. And yeah. they were going to bring that concept to this shooter or STG genre or mm-hmm. genre, whatever. I don't know how you say it. I always say genre, but. People say genre. It's like acceptable now. That was a bad move. <laughs> yes. Yes. I didn't agree with that one. And then this was a, this was unfortunate. I read this. They planned a system where you want, once you cleared a stage, you have a branching choice of where you go next. Kind of like Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I started with Metal Man. Now I want to go over to Air Man. <laughs> you know, I want to go straight over to Air Man and blast his ass with the metal saw thing. Right. But nope. Due to memory limitations, we couldn't add that feature. I don't know if the game would be any better. I don't know. Maybe it would. Maybe. If I could use the Konami code at the beginning of each stage, yeah. then maybe it would be better. Maybe. That was probably memory limitation, too. Could have been. Lousy memories. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough. I think that I think we've... Uh, we've pretty well beaten Gradius into the ground, I think. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. not literally, just uh, verbally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I couldn't uh, possibly <laughs> beat it into the ground, given an unlimited amount of time. I will never defeat this game. Right, right. No. Um, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? What? My collecting stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about that real quick. So Mike, uh, Mike had a couple come ups this week. I know one title that you got. I know through a uh, through a, a connection you were able yeah, to yeah. Uh, so pull a, a forgotten baseball classic. After a bit of a foible mm-hmm. on Instagram, yeah, I got to know an Instagram user. Uh, and uh, he seems like a great guy, uh-huh. and he hooked me up. Uh, you know, after after we had our quick discussion about the context uh, around my uh, bio yeah. <laughs> in Instagram, yeah. which was quite funny. Actually, we all found it pretty funny. I said, you know, I'm collecting this NES set, and he goes, "What do you need?" 
and I gave him my list of like 25 games, and he had bases loaded four. Yep. So I was able to get bases loaded four, which is easily the most difficult bases loaded game to get. It's a very late yeah. game. It was like a late 93 that game came out, I think. Right, right. So I got bases loaded four that is now off of my list, and I got a big boy off the list. I got a big boy off the list. Yes, yes. I sold a couple a, things. A big-headed boy. Yeah, big, and also a big-headed boy. <laughs> I got Bonk's Adventure for NES. I finally have it after not having it for twenty. I had it for twenty. I had it twenty five years ago. Mm-hmm. Sold it. Horrible story, whatever. But yeah, I was able. I was able to find a copy on eBay from a guy who was reasonable. He had it up for an absurd number plus best offer. Sometimes I just think that stuff is ridiculous. Sometimes I think they're just fishing for what they could get. Of course, yeah. I made him a fair. It was actually under market value offer, and he accepted it. I was yeah. a little drunk down at Churchill's. Yeah, it was pretty bit. great because mm-hmm. I had sold. I had a sealed copy it was of very after our last recording session. It, it was. I had a I had a sealed copy of a desirable PS2 game. It sold for way too much money. Yes. And uh, I said, you know what? The whole point of having that game was I was going to try and trade it towards my NES stuff. So now I'm going to have to take that money and apply it towards the set. Yep. And I I made an offer while I was uh, half in the bag over at <laughs> Churchill's, and that next day it was accepted. <laughs> So the guy Yay! sat. Yay! <laughs> I did wasn't sure if I was happy or sad about it, but yes, now I do have bunk, and I I have bases loaded four. Hey, and I personally, for the record, think you should be happy about it. Um, I, I it's, I, it's I not am. the best port of that game, but bonk's bonk is a great game. It's so. not it's not the best port of that game. I did play it again. I knew that already because, like I said, I yeah. did have it in the past. Yeah. But I will say it is not. But just having it again was fun, and I, I I'm I'm happy to have it. So yes, I am now down to twenty four. Games is what I need. Mm-hmm. And I have a line on three of them on Wednesday. We're recording this on Monday. Um, I should have my hands on three more of them. It should take me down to 21. I don't want to talk about what those are until I have them. But once I do in our next episode, which we will talk about what that's going to be about, I'll yeah. be I'll, I'll, I'll discuss them then. So what is our next episode going to be about, Jer? <laughs> we are going to talk about Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Here it says Gradius. <laughs> we're not doing Gradius. <laughs> we're not even doing Gradius 3 for a long time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get away He's from that. He's been totally scarred. Yeah. I've been, I need these wounds to heal before I'm, I go I'm gradius out for, Look, the, for a while. Vic Viper, Vic Venom, whatever your name is, I don't mm-hmm. know. Vic Viper. You can, you can send it all to hell. That's right. Anyway. That's right. You can, so, you can ride the Warp Rattler back into hell. Pal. <laughs> That's right. Or whatever you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Super Metroid, a, a classic yeah. Many people's favorite game of all time. Certified um, banger. A certified banger. All we do every other week is bangers mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the off week we do Gradius. Yep. So, yeah. So that's that's it. And we're going to do Super Metroid. And we'll, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, how can people get a hold of us in the downtime? There are a couple of ways. Uh, you can You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are Lost Joystick. Uh, we are Lost Joystick Network on Facebook and Twitch. And if you would uh, like to contact us through email, you can do so at info at lostjoystickNetwork.com. And don't go to the website. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. I have a developer friend. I might have to ask him for something, but I don't really yeah. know what Mike's the... uh, going to take a photo of an actual Lost Joystick, <laughs> and uh, that'll just be the, the cover photo. It's going to be a picture of a... Gradius cartridge on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerry will be behind it dancing. Yeah, that actually sounds like a good time. <laughs> you know if, what? If you, if you uh, sign me up, I'd, I'd show up. Yeah, right. All right, man. Well, go out there, have fun, be safe, and be excellent to each other. Party on, Mike. Party on, Jerry. <laughs>